Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey guys, and welcome to Paranormal Thoughts Podcast. And always, thanks for joining me. In today's episode, we're talking with a man by the name of Gary Parker. Gary's got a really interesting background. He's been in real estate, and he even found himself in the film industry. And now he's at a point in his life where he's received a message from a high being who is an extraterrestrial whilst he was trying to do a project to repair the Great Pyramid in Egypt. But it seems like Gary didn't accidentally come across this message. He believes that he was chosen and that today him sharing this message with us is really important and that's what he's meant to be doing. After I heard about Gary, I definitely needed to get him on the podcast to have a chat because this is a really interesting topic. And I would really recommend listening all the way through to get all the bits of information. And definitely jump onto the blog to follow along because we talk a lot about images in this. And all the images that Gary speaks about will be on our blog. And we're going to get into all of that. And Gary's really great at explaining the entire story to this. So I'm going to keep this intro nice and short. But as always, if you enjoy this episode or any of our previous episodes, please feel free to go and subscribe, like, comment, share do all of that great stuff it really helps the podcast jump over onto our blog there'll be a bunch of images on there for you to follow along with during this podcast that blog is paranormalthoughtspodcast.wordpress.com and of course there'll be a link in the description of this podcast and now we also have our facebook page up and running so there'll be a link to that as well but just go onto facebook search up paranormal thoughts podcast give us a like and everything there big thanks to gary once again I'm actually going to be over in Phoenix where Gary lives uh, within the next month. So we're going to meet up and might record a bit of audio there, but we'll have a meeting anyway. And we're going to talk more about what we talked about in this episode. I hope you guys enjoy. Hey, Gary, how you doing? Good, good, good. Thank you. So, Gary, why don't you just run us through a little bit of your background? Because I know you have quite an extensive background. Oh, no. Dude, I'm as boring as hell. Yeah, I'm, no, actually, I'm, I'm extremely boring, uh, Dylan, I swear. I might sound interesting, but I'm not. <laughs> I'm not but, and the, but up until two years ago, I was pretty boring. And then I really got exciting. Okay. Believe me. Uh, I was born and raised in Wilmington, Delaware. Uh, I went to the University of Delaware. I um, In the late 70s, I went out to, I moved out to California, right to Los Angeles. And uh, I got into real estate. And then I became a real estate developer. I built some houses, some apartments, some condos. 
And um, then I was lucky enough to um, I started writing movie scripts and um, I started a company with with a lady by the name of Marjorie Rose. And we were lucky enough to have sold a few movie scripts. And then we also had one movie made, which was called Thank Heaven, starring Jenny McCarthy. And then we got together with some producers and we optioned some other things. And we eventually sold another script to Lionsgate, which was a horror film. It was never made, Um, but it was a nice check. So, so, but then what happened was um, things went on and on, and uh, I came out to Phoenix, and uh, and that's when everything happened uh, to me out here in Phoenix that we're going to talk about. So you move from LA to Phoenix, and then we're at this point of your story now where things start to get a little bit interesting. So do you want to elaborate a little bit on that? Okay, here we go. So what happens is a little over two years ago, I had what I thought was a great idea to 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 promote world peace. I had an idea where the whole world could do a project. Like if the whole world could do this, and when I say the whole world, Dylan, there's 193 nations in the United Nations. Out of 193, I figure 183 will love this idea. And the idea is to restore the Great Pyramid and the Sphinx in Egypt. Okay. And when I say restore it, I don't mean, you know, take it apart and make it as like it was once before. No, what I was thinking was, was just because when you look at the, when you look at the Sphinx and the, the Great Pyramid, they're falling apart. You know, Egypt is $284 billion in debt. Throughout Cairo, they have rolling blackouts. They can't afford anything. So I thought, if we could just maybe get some stucco from the second pyramid, you know, they, they have that ancient stucco that's still up there. We we run that through a lab. We see what it's made of and we try to make it and we put a coat on the on the Sphinx and on the Great Pyramid and we make it look nice. Now, and, and I thought I could globally crowdfund this, globally crowdfund. And I ballparked it at around $7 billion and taking anywhere from 10 to 12 years to, to complete. So I thought to myself, this is a really great idea. So I pitched it to a few of my Hollywood friends who were producers. They said, Gary, this is like a – I don't know if you're familiar with this, Dylan, but in America, there was a thing called Hands Across America where everybody held hands. So what happens is – I thought, well, this could be hands across the globe through the world and everybody would be excited about seeing the Great Pyramid restored. And, we, you know, you could do a 24 hour uh, um, uh, live feed so people could tune in and see what was going on and how it was going. I thought, well, you know what? I, like I said, I pitched it to a couple uh, movie producers and they said, Gary, we love this idea. And I said, guys, I'm going to need between, say, five and twelve million dollars to get this off the ground. Do you have an email to any billionaires? Because I figure in my head, I'm thinking a billionaire would love this because most billionaires think they're pharaohs anyway. Okay, they think they're kings. So both of them said one of them said, Gary, I actually have um, Sir Richard Branson. You know who Sir Richard Branson is, correct? Of course. Yes. Okay, certainly. So Sir Richard Branson's email and the other guy said, Gary, I have Elon Musk's email, but you can't tell him where you got it from. I said, guys. Don't worry about it. I'm not going to tell anybody. So what happens is, is I email Sir Richard Branson. I, I, the heading on my email is Restore the Great Pyramid and Sphinx, a world project to promote peace. And I sent the same thing to Elon Musk. And the next morning, I swear to you, Dylan, the, and I figured there's no way they're going to email me back. I mean, even though it's got a great heading and I wrote a nice little paragraph about this whole thing about promoting world peace – Dylan, the next morning, I get an email from from Sir Richard Branson, and he says, Gary, I don't know how you got my email address. He said, but I love this idea. 
He said, this is a great idea and I would love to be part of it if it's for real. And I emailed him right back and I said, Sir Richard, I said, it is for real. I'm putting it together. It's going to take a while and it's in its infancy right now, but give me a little time. He's, and he said, here's my number to my foundation. I've already CC'd them. He said, so let me know what's happening in, in the next three or four or five months. I said, I'll get back to you. Thank you so much. It blew me away at that point because I thought, oh, my God, this is amazing. Dylan, 10 minutes after that email, after I sent that email to Sir Richard Branson, I, I don't get an email from Elon Musk. I get an email from a lady by the name of Gwyneth Shotwell, and she's the president of SpaceX, the president of, you know, which Elon Musk owns. She emails me back and she says, Gary, Elon doesn't know how you got his email address, but we love this idea. And let me just say this, Dylan. I'm mean, like, I'm on the floor going like, there's no way I'm, this has happened in one day. Two days before I had come up with this idea. And all of a sudden I have these billionaires saying, we want to be part of this. So I emailed uh, Gwyneth Shotwell back and uh, I said, thank you so much. Uh, and I actually mentioned Sir Richard Branson that he was into it. And she said, well, keep us in the loop. Let us know what's happening because you have a lot of homework to do. Which, which is true because anytime you do any kind of construction, which I was used to in Los Angeles, you know, it, it, it takes a lot of pre-production and it takes a, a lot of development. So anyway, so I was putting the cart way before the horse. I'm going to go to the NASA website and I'm going to look at some photos and I'm going to zoom in on the Great Pyramid and see where, where we're going to put some men and some machinery and all that kind of stuff. And as you know, Dylan, that area, the Giza Plateau, it's sacred land. You're not allowed to walk on there without permission. You're not allowed to you, you're not allowed to pick up a stone because if you do, you're stealing, you know, a national treasure. So all of a sudden I go to the NASA website and I only go to one picture and it's that iconic shot from the International Space Station. And as you know, though, most people, when they look at these photos, they look at them from a distance. The International Space Station takes the picture from 200 miles above Earth. And it's actually, it's not a satellite, it's an actual astronaut who uses a huge Canon camera and with a huge scope on it. And they take pictures from a window in the, in the International Space Station. So I download the one photo and I, and like I said, most people don't zoom in. They just look at it from afar. They don't zoom in. So I zoom in on the Great Pyramid. When I zoom in on the Great Pyramid from the sky, I can see that it looks like there's writing on the south side of the Great Pyramid. From far away, before I zoomed in, it looked like clouds, and then it looked like shadows. And then all of a sudden, the shadows turned into, they look like some kind of letters. Not English letters, but some kind of like alien or maybe a mixture of hieroglyphics, maybe some Aramaic, and maybe some Hebrew. And I looked at it and I said, my God, that looks like writing. That's bizarre. So what I did was I, I wrote it down. I took a picture with my phone and I sent it to two Egyptologists that live in Cairo. I sent it to uh, three Judaic scholars and I sent it to three Aramaic scholars in the Middle East. Now, these people, you can get their email because they all work for the universities and you can just look up the languages. And so I, I did. That's what I did. It took me a few days and I sent it out and I said, can anybody tell me, is this writing and what does it say? I sent it out. The next day I get an email back from a lady by the name of Dr. Salima Ikram. And she is the lead Egyptologist at the American University in Cairo. She's always been on that show, Ancient Aliens, and she's really, really famous, right? And she's really, really smart. So she emails me back and she says, Gary, where did you find this? Because you got to remember, I didn't send her the photo. I just sent her the writing. 
what, you know, that I had written out. And I emailed her right back and I said, Dr. Uh, Ikram, thank you for getting back to me. I found it written beside the Great Pyramid. And she said, was it written on it or was it written beside it? And I said, it's huge. It's massive writing and you can only see it from the sky. So she said, would you please send me that photo? Because, you know, Dylan, anytime you talk about the Great Pyramid, most people go, oh, you're just one of those nuts, which, you know, I kind of am. But I really found this. And I so I sent it to her. She emails me back. Maybe I'm going to say two hours later. And she says, Gary, this is impossible. And I said, what's and I emailed her right back. I said, what's impossible? And she said, these are letters. They're beside the Great Pyramid. And she said, and she goes, I don't know what they say right now, but I'm going to figure it out. And she said, and here's the other thing. She goes, Gary, there's no buildings on that side of the Great Pyramid other than a museum, a small museum that houses a pharaoh's boat. You know, like about 15 years ago, they dug up a pharaoh's boat and they built a little museum there and they put the boat in there. So she said, other than that, there's no way these letters or these shadows could have could be there. And she said, and the shadows are going up onto the Great Pyramid. She goes, this is impossible. And she said, give me a few months. I'll get back to you. I'm going to find out what these say. The next day, I get a couple emails from the Aramaic scholars and a Judaic scholar down here in uh, Tucson, Arizona, at the University of Arizona. And he says, Gary, he says, I don't know what this says. He says, but where did you find it? And I think one or two of the words says I, and one might say God or creator. Now, you got to know this guy who's telling me this, Dr. Edward Wright. And he's actually been doing this for 40 years, and he's worked on the Dead Sea Scrolls. I got a couple more emails from the Aramaic scholars, and they came up with a couple other words. They said, one looks like I, and another one says who. There's a word who in there. And these are really bright guys. And they all said, where did you find this? And I emailed them back, and I said, I found it written beside the Great Pyramid in a NASA photo. Three of them automatically said, I don't have anything to do with this. This is a joke. And then the other two said, send me the photo. And the guy down here at the University of Arizona, the doctor, said, send me the photo. Well, not only did I find that writing, but just above the third smaller pyramid, I found some ancient Hebrew. Now, I knew it was Hebrew, and I knew it was kind of a, a weird style of Hebrew. And I thought, well, this must be an older version of Hebrew because naturally we've, we've all looked at the Hebrew. We, we all know how Hebrew sounds and kind of how the, the alphabet looks. So, And I also wrote that down, and I sent it to Dr. Wright over in uh, Tucson. He said, well, Gary, I know exactly what this says. This says, a God and the Lord of the underworld. And he said, where did you find this one? I said, right beside the other one, just, a, just you know, above the third pyramid. He said, listen, will you come down to my office? I want you to show me this. I said, absolutely. So maybe two days later, luckily for me, I only live an hour and a half away from the University of Arizona. I go down to Dr. Wright's office. I take my laptop computer. I show him where it's written. And he looks at it. And he says, Gary, that does say God and the Lord of the underworld in, in ancient Hebrew. And uh he says, but Gary, listen, man, he said, you walk into my office. I've never met you. You show me these things. And I, I'm just, I can't believe them. I'm not going to believe them. And I said, well, why not? He says, you may have Photoshopped this. And I said, well, yeah, you're right. You don't know me. I said, but, but I said, Dr. Wright, I said, how many people can hack a NASA photo? or hack into a NASA website. They're the greatest minds in the world. I said, that would be impossible. And naturally he said, well, nothing's impossible and I'm not gonna believe this and I'm gonna have to ask you to leave. So I said, okay, no problem. So I left. In the meantime, I found not only a lot more writing, but when you look at the NASA photo, the best way to look at it 
is on a laptop in a dark room. And you have to zoom in and zoom out and you have to open up the screen to around a 45 degree angle and then tilt. You have to lift under your, your, your computer and tilt it back so it goes back. When you do that, you will see that this NASA photo has four levels to it. So when I saw that and I noticed that on the fourth level, it was all Hebrew. It was, there was a bunch of Hebrew words. So what I did was that since it was so much Hebrew and because it had four levels to it, I thought I should talk to somebody who actually builds software. So I, I went up to – I made an appointment and I met with uh, two professors at Arizona State University, ASU, up in Tempe. And one was named Dr. Gupta and Dr. Whitehouse. They see it. And when they see it, they look at it and they see the words, they see Hebrew, and they see the um, they see the other alien message beside the Great Pyramid. And they, and they see that there's four levels. And this guy, Dr. Whitehouse, says to me, he goes, Gary – because this is impossible. He said, we don't have this technology here. And I said, what do you mean here? He goes, he goes, Gary, I can build software. We don't have this. The only people who could have this technology to do this would be NASA. And why would they put it into their own photo? And I go, well, no. I said, it makes no sense at all. And then Dr. Gupta said, Gary, you know, here's another thing, because he actually tilted the screen back and he used the magnifying glass. And he said to me, he said, Gary, here's another thing. This is a binary code I've never seen before in my life. I said, well, why? If you never notice, there's only zeros in this photo. There's no ones. And I said, I said, I said, binary code has to have ones and zeros. He said, yes. He said, but these are all zeros. He said, this is impossible. And I said, man, I keep hearing that word. I said, but will you guys help me out to show the world this? And they both said, I don't want to be involved with it. And I said, well, why not? And they said, because you may have Photoshopped this. Right. And I said, guys. <laughs> Uh, and I laughed. I said, guys, I've been hearing that. And I said, but believe me when I tell you, I'm maybe two or three inches away from Forrest Gump. I can't figure this kind of stuff out. So I'm hoping these brainiacs can figure it out. But anyway, they kicked me out of their office. And they said, listen, we don't have anything to do with this. I said, OK. So what I did, Dylan, was I said, you know what? I got to send this to NASA. Okay, I got to get in touch with somebody from NASA. But I don't know if you've ever tried to get in touch with NASA, but it's next to impossible. They get 10,000 emails a day of people finding aliens in the attic and having great ideas or seeing things up on Mars. But get ready for this, Dylan. So I said, well, you know what? I'm going to email NASA. So I Google NASA and I see that they have a place. It's called the Ames Research Center in Northern California. Now, the Ames Research Center are the guys who handle the robots up on Mars. OK, well, the guy and believe it or not, this is right on the Internet. The guys who run it all have their email on the Internet. I Googled, I Googled Ames Research Center, and all of a sudden, the guy who was the director, his name was Dr. Peter Warden. His email is right there. But I think, I'm, you know, I'm going to send it, and also there was three other physicists who were there. I'm going to send it to those four guys, and I'm going to see if – but you got to remember, though, I have kind of an ego because Sir Richard Branson has emailed me back, and so has Elon Musk and, and uh, Gwyneth Shotwell. So I'm feeling pretty good, and I think, well, you know what, even though these – these uh, academics are kicking me out of the universities. I'm thinking I'm still I'm a pretty top guy in my head. These people are going to respond to me. Dylan, I send an email and I said, alien message beside the Great Pyramid would like to discuss with NASA. OK, Dylan, I send out the email to this. Like I said, to those three guys, the director, Dr. Peter Warden, 15 minutes later, emails me back and says, send me the photo. Wow. Now, the first thing I'm thinking, Dylan, is. Either this guy has way too much time on his hands because what's he doing responding to a clown like me? And secondly, I think 
will know they're waiting to hear something like this. Okay. I email him the photo and I outlined everything. I, I highlighted everything. And I said, here's the message. Uh, I've had some of it translated by Judaic scholars and the Egyptologist. And um, he emails me back the next morning and he says, Gary, I can't see it. Uh, Dr. Warden, I said, why don't you do this? Make sure you have it downloaded onto a laptop, be in a dark room and then call me and I'll instruct you over the phone. He said, okay, fine. 15 minutes later, the next day, remember it's the next day, he calls me. He says, okay, now how do I see it? I give him instructions over the phone. All I hear on the other line is, I, 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 and I remember I'm showing him the letters beside the Great Pyramid. He says, I see it. I said, okay, Dr. Warden now, he goes a little bit south. He tilts the laptop. He says, I see it. I said, that says God and the Lord of the underworld. And he says, that's amazing. And I said, that was translated for me by a Judaic scholar at the University of Arizona. I said, but I want to show you a couple more things. I said, now go a little further south. There's a road called Ring Road that actually cuts through the Giza Plateau. I said, now we're going to go above there. I give him instructions. I said, can you see that thing there? Just He tilts the camera. He says, I see it. He says, Gary, listen. He says, I see all this. He says, I'll get back to you in three weeks. I said, fantastic. Thank you so much for your time. I'm glad you could see it. Dylan, three weeks later, I look on the internet and it says, Dr. Peter Warden retires from NASA. He got together with a guy by the name of um, the physicist Stephen Hawking, and they get together with this Russian billionaire and started a company to find ETs. Wow. And he cut off all contact with me. But luckily for me, I saved all his emails. So it's good. Isn't that wild? That's insane. Dude, it's totally insane. So anyway, so I think, okay, this is fantastic. Now, Dylan, this is where the paranormal stuff comes in. After all this happened, and I'm thinking to myself, what a schmucky thing to do to me because, you know, I call you, I I hand feed you and show you where everything is. And now you're going to like just go backdoor me on this deal. But okay, hey, in Hollywood, I've had that done to me before too. So I was used to it. I said, producers have taken ideas I've had and they've sold them and I never saw anything. It happens. So what happens is I'm kind of feeling sorry for myself a little bit, but I think to myself, don't worry about it. Everything's going to work out. And just know this too, Dylan, and so your listeners know, I've never, ever had a paranormal experience. I've never seen a ghost. I've never seen an alien. I've never seen a UFO. I've never heard voices my whole life. All of a sudden, I'm asleep. That night after that Dr. Warden had um, retired and he cut off all contact, I'm asleep, completely asleep, and I hear this voice, and it's a man's voice, and it says, Gary, Go to the river. (laughs) Seriously, go to the river. Stand in the river facing east. Stand in the water facing his bare feet in the water. Hold your hands up and say these words in Hebrew. And the words were, Father, 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 holy, holy, holy. Where did you come from? Where did you really come from? Well, Dylan, I don't know Hebrew. So what I did was I I went over to a temple over here where there's some rabbis, and I asked them to write it out for me phonetically. And they said, what is this for? And I said, well, I had a dream, blah, blah, blah. And the rabbi said, well, this is how you say it. Good luck. Okay. So uh, luckily for me, there's a a river not too far from where I live in in a small town called Florence, Arizona, and it's called the Gila River. But And it's actually – there's actually thousands of years ago, there were the Gila River Indians. It's not a flowing river, but there's a big area where there's like a small lake with water in it. Only because all this thing happened and it had to do with the Great Pyramid and finding all this stuff, I thought this contact – I, I had to do it, Dylan. It wasn't like I could say, ah, oh, it's just a dream. What's the matter? I said, I have to give this a shot. So I go down 
I get, and like I said, I'm not naked. I'm wearing shorts and I'm around 500 yards off of, off of the road. I take off my shoes and socks. I st- and this water, let me tell you this, this water, Dylan, is disgusting. It's filthy, like disgusting. And it's muddy. And I stand in the water, just up to my ankles. I put my hands up and I yell out in Hebrew and I yell it out real loud. Because as you can tell, I'm pretty loud anyway. So, so I yell out, Abba, 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 Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh. Where did you come from? Where did you really come from? And then a couple other things that, that the voice told me to say, which was Abba, like I said, is father and, and Kadosh is holy. But it also said to say Abba, 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 L, 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 E, L, which is power or God. So I yelled that out and I said it three times real loud and nothing happened. And I did, like I said, so I did it a couple more times. And I said, ah, I said, nothing happened. I, I was expecting something to show up. I come back home. I go to bed. The next morning, 5.45 in the morning, exactly 5.45, Dylan, I was covered in sweat, and I was, and I was thinking, what's wrong with me? Because I'm in pretty good shape. I work out, and, I, and I'm very rarely sick, and I wake up, and like I said, it's 5.45. I look over the clock, and I see it's 5.45. I'm covered in sweat, and I go, what's wrong with me? I sit up. I look across at the desk, and my laptop was open, but it was off. All of a sudden, Dylan, the laptop pops on, and it's a NASA photo. It's a NASA photo, and I think, oh, my God, I made some kind of connection. And in the photo, I can see from a distance that, that I can see that there's an alien in this photo. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. For your listeners, what happens, guys, when you download the photo, you will see on your right-hand side is the Giza Plateau, and it all looks gold and sandy and everything. And then on the left-hand side, you'll see Cairo. 
big city, and then you'll see the Nile River coming down. And up above, you'll see a road that kind of makes a cross when it hits the Nile River. That's Ring Road. And it actually goes down and it stops at the Giza Plateau and it turns into a white wash. Can you see that, Dylan? Yeah, I can see the white wash. Okay, good. So what happens is, is for your listeners, when you're looking at that photo, cut the photo down the middle. Like I said, on the right is the Giza Plateau. On the left is Cairo. But if you look at it, from a little bit of a distance, you make it small on the center of your screen, your computer screen, you will see that on the right side, the whole Giza Plateau is the left profile of an alien. And it's not like a gray alien. He has a head like Nefertiti, the, the wife, the queen mm. with uh, Akhenaten. He has the big elongated head and he has a round chin and he has a mouth and he has a pointy nose right just a little bit above the Great Pyramid. And he has a big thick neck. It's very clear. It's, it's like a nail on the head. It's, like, it's almost so big you couldn't recognize it. Like you wouldn't believe it because your eyes won't take you there. Well, all of a sudden I see that and I say, oh, my God, I made contact. Down at the river, whatever I said has made contact. So naturally I jump out of bed. I jump right back in the truck. I go down to the river and I say the same things and I yell out just like this, Dylan. I go, hey. I go, is this for real? Are you kidding me? I said, is, this is nuts. I said, if there's anything you guys need me to do, please let me know and show me everything. I have to know everything, okay? And like I said, it's just like I'm talking to you, Dylan. I was talking to them. It was, there was no falling on my knees or anything like that. It was like, oh, my God. I might be their messenger boy. This is the greatest thing that could ever happen to any human being. Okay, so other if they come back and they eat me, then it would be bad. So, so anyway, so all of a sudden I go back home. I look at the picture. Dylan, I can see everything in this photo. I mean, like, it's insane what I could see. And and I'm going to explain it to you. But also in the photo that I have outlined, you can see the outline of that big alien. It's Remember, it's his left profile. Can you see that I have outlined almost like what he's looking at? Across in Cairo, you can see the Nile River and you can see Ring Road, correct? And, it, and I actually outlined it in red. Can you see it? I can see that. And it's in the shape of a cross. Okay, that cross is actually the northern cross or the swan of the constellation Cygnus. If you look at the photo on a laptop and you tilt it back, all the lights from Cairo will disappear. The only lights left will be the constellation of Cygnus and it will follow that cross. And what happens is I said, oh my God, that's a constellation. Now, I didn't know it was Cygnus at the time. So what I did was I, like I made, I wrote the constellation out on a white piece of paper and I made the cross and I sent it to a couple of astronomers all over the place. And all of them sent it back to me. They said, well, what you sent, I took a picture with my phone and I sent it to them. And they said, oh, this is Cygnus. Uh, where did you find it? And I said, in a NASA photo. <laughs> they said, they said, which one? I said, it's in Cairo. And they all wrote me back and said, well, that's impossible. Well, you know, certainly it sounds impossible until you see it. So anyway, so I actually took it down to a couple astronomers and they said, they said the same thing. They said, Gary, we see it, but we think you Photoshopped it. I said, okay. You know, so they were really getting on my nerves after that. So the, the huge alien or the profile, the left profile, the alien is looking across at Cygnus. Now, I don't know if you know this, it, it has been theorized that the uh, Giza Plateau is set up to mirror the Cygnus, the constellation of Cygnus. A lot of people said it was Orion. You've heard of that, right? The Orion Belt? Yes. Yep. Well, it's not. Okay. It's actually the Cygnus. Cygnus it's going to be proved, and I'm going to help it, is that it's Cygnus, not Orion. When that happened, 
I said, oh, my God, I got to go down to this river at least twice a week. So I started going down the river twice a week, yelling out, asking asking them to show me more and any way I can help out. And so naturally, too, Dylan, at this time, I've gone maybe on 100 different meetings showing people this. And I've gone to rabbis. I've gone to uh, I've gone to priests, Catholic priests. I've been to ministers. I've been to all these people and they all freak out. Like when they see what I'm about to tell you about, they say, Gary, uh, we see it, but this goes against our beliefs. And I said, guys, this thing is really happening. Now, what I said, what I mean by happening is this. When I was looking at the photo, now you get, you and your listeners have to know this, that the, the NASA photo, it was taken on July 25th, 2012. Okay, it was taken from the International Space Station. They took the photo. On July 26th, 2012, it was downloaded onto the internet. Okay? Okay. Now, when I went to the when I went to a few of the rabbis, a couple of the rabbis said, Gary, there's a date in here right beside where it says God and the Lord of the Underworld. And the date, I said, well, what's the date? They said, July 26, 2022. They said, does that ring a bell? And I said, well, the weird thing is, I said, it was actually downloaded July 26, 2012. And I said, but other than that, I, I don't know anything. And they said, okay, well, we just want you to know there's a date there in Hebrew. I said, okay, fantastic. So what happens is, is I went down to the river and I went to all these meetings and there's millions of images in the photo and there's thousands of Hebrew writing and and, it, and it's amazing. But these religious people, they all freaked out because it went against their beliefs and they pretty much all kicked me out of their offices. And like I said, I, don't, I told you too that I never had any paranormal experiences other than this, mm. but I also have not been in a church or a temple or a synagogue in over 45 years. I'm, I, I was never a religious guy. I always believed in God, but, uh, but I just never went, okay? But I was I – was, because people have said to me, are you real religious? And I said, no, but I was, I was baptized uh, Episcopalian. But I said, other than that, guys, I said, you know, this, this is – to me, this is just awesome and blah, blah, blah. So – I go down to the river and uh, and I'm doing my spiel and I say things and I come back and I see more things. And what happens, Dylan, is maybe a year goes by and I've been on all these meetings and I've, and I've met with academics. And like I said, they all refuse to believe what they're looking at. And um, I come home and I have another dream and the voice says, go to the river tomorrow. So I said, what the heck? Yeah, what the heck? Dylan, I go to the river. I say my spiel. And all of a sudden I see. And remember, I'm facing east because I don't know if you're familiar with, with ancient Egypt, but everything was facing the east, which is a new day, you know, new rebirth, all that kind of stuff where the sun rises. So I'm looking, all of a sudden I see in the sky, it looks like a bunch of crystals, almost like a ball, like it's kind of circling. And I think, uh-oh, something's finally happened. And also out here in this river, there's nobody around. Like it's in the middle of the desert and uh, there's no, there's never anybody there. Okay, but I have taken friends down who I've actually had them photograph it. Okay, photograph me in the water. Okay, but at this day there was nobody, so I see this crystal forming, and it's kind of a circular thing, and I see it moving from the east. It's moving a little bit northeast, and it starts to hover over the water. Okay, then it looks like there's kind of a tear in the sky, and, and, and uh, almost like a multi-dimensional type look. You know what I mean? It, it, like a sci-fi deal. So I'm thinking, man, I can't wait to see what comes out of here. So I'm standing in the water and I'm looking, I'm looking kind of northeast. And all of a sudden, this, these crystals, they, they, they flatten out and they're, they're about, I'm going to say, 30 feet above the water. All of a sudden, are, are you familiar with a, a, a prophet by the name of Ezekiel? Did you ever hear of him? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, Ezekiel had a thing called a vision where he saw these four angels and these spinning wheels. 
these metal wheels that had eyes. All of a sudden, like I said, when the platform flattens out, two of these angels, two of these angels. Now, you got to remember the stuff that I have found in the NASA photo, there's angels in there. There's a lot more in there. And I actually had their names were written in Hebrew and I had the rabbis translate it for me. And they said, yeah, that name that you wrote out there, that says Uriel. And I said to him, who's Uriel? And they said he was a cherubim. And a cherubim are these guys with four faces. Yeah, they have like well, on the left side's a lion, on the right side's a, an eagle. And all of a sudden, two of these angels pop up. And they have two sets of wings. And they look like they're on fire. And they have the spinning wheels beside them. And I'm standing in this water looking at it. And I think, my God, this is amazing. So all of a sudden, I look at the one. And his, his photo, his picture is in the NASA photo. So I look at him and I go, you're Uriel. And he, go, and he says, yes, hi, Gary. And I go, and he's talking to me like with his mouth. But the whole time they're flapping these two sets of wings. And I'm thinking, this is like some alien communication now. So this, I'm going to get some real information now. So all of a sudden, above the platform that was above them, and like I said, the other angel, when I saw his face, I didn't know who he was. But I could, and he did, uh, the Uriel angel had the... Um, the lion on the left side, he had a raven on the right side. On the top, he looked like an ogre or a bull. And right when you look at him straight on, he looked like a, a human face. And the other thing, too, is they almost looked like burnt brass, like they like they were on fire. But the one thing was this, Dylan, they didn't look real. They looked like a projection. It didn't look like – and I couldn't they, – they were around 30 or 40 yards out into the water. So it's not like I could get to them. But it looked like I could put my hand through them, like it was a projection. Okay. So then all of a sudden, on the top – of the crystal platform appears this 30 foot tall alien. So he has this huge head and he has an alien face, but inside his face, and like I said, he's like 30 foot tall. Inside his face, he has like, I want to say between 50 and 60 kind of biblical looking people. Like, you know, with the beards and the, you know, like like Orthodox. Like, like if it was Jesus or Noah, how you would think they would look. They were all, and men and women, and they were inside his face and they were all talking at once it, like in Hebrew or I, I don't know how Aramaic sounds, but it was kind of like a mishmash of sounds. And uh, and the alien, though, he looked at me and talked telepathically. So I could and it was the voice that said, go to the river and say these words in Hebrew. I recognized the voice right away inside my head. And I looked at him and he was also he had huge shoulders, huge hands, huge chest. He had long legs, but his feet were kind of like melted into the crystal platform. He was wearing this, like, it looked like a big red robe, and he looked like he was on fire too, but he was also wearing a breastplate that looked like different uh, gemstones. Like, there were like, I, I'm going to say 12 or 16 of them, and they were, it was huge. Like I said, he was wearing like a red robe that covered his hands and everything. Now, you got to remember too, Dylan, what, I, what I'm explaining to you is in the NASA photo. So I had already seen him, so I, I already knew what he looked like. I was just waiting for him to show up, and he shows up. And I say to him, I said, what should I call you? And he said, call me Abba, which is father in Hebrew. So I said, Abba, this is great. Thank you so much for showing up. And you got to remember too, on his robe that he's wearing is written, you can see, and it constantly changes are Hebrew symbols, like the, their alphabet and some other kinds of wild-like symbols. But in the NASA photo, he's there with that same robe that he's wearing. And um, like I said, he was like, he was 30 foot tall. He was giant. 
And he also looked like you could put your hand through him, like it was a projected image. And I said to him and I said to Uriel, I said, guys, Ezekiel saw four angels with with four wheels. I'm only seeing two. Does that mean you're closer to earth than when Ezekiel saw you? And and from his voice in my head, he said, yes, we're closer to earth. And I said and Uriel said it with his mouth. He said, yeah, he said, that's pretty good. You you figured that out. (laughs) And I'm thinking, dude. I'm a screenwriter. Come on. But anyway, now, now the other thing, too, I wasn't afraid at all because for a year I had seen these guys in this photo and I figured it was just a matter of time for them to show up, which they did. When you hear this, it does sound unbelievable and it is unbelievable until you come down and you you let me show it to you because it, it, it's it, and like I said, when I showed this stuff that's on the NASA photo to these religious people. Number one, they refused to believe it, but I actually had a couple priests that actually started crying and they said, Gary, this is the end of the world. And I go, no, it's the end of the world as we know it. I said, and they said, yeah, but what you're showing us is Old Testament. We're, we're steeped in the New Testament and this goes against everything we believe. And I said, look, not everything. I said, but maybe a few things. But anyway, but yeah, I, I've had I've had these religious people cry. They refuse to believe what they're saying. And when I showed it to the rabbis, they said, Gary, here's our problem. You're not Jewish. And I said, well, yeah, but my great grandparents were both Jewish. Does that matter? And they go, no. And I go, really? And they said, yes. And I said, and they said, the second thing is, is we believe that the only miracles that happen will happen in Israel. And I said, that's the most ridiculous thing I ever heard. I said, if you guys believe in souls and, 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 and uh, reincarnation and things like that, this could happen anywhere in the world. I said, that's a very limited way of thinking. Then they asked me to leave. Okay, so I'm back at the river. And I'm seeing this image, okay? And and I'm talking to Abba and he's showing me things. And I said, Abba, does this mean that you're coming back to earth? And he said, yes. He said, we will be back. And he said, we, we, not just me. We will be back on the date the rabbi told you. And I said, you mean the date that's written in the uh, on the NASA photo? He said, yes. And I said, July 26, 2022? He said, yes. I said, will you be coming back to Egypt? Is that where you're gonna come? He said, no, we're going to land on the Temple Mount in Jerusalem on July 26, 2022 at 7.21 a.m. Greenwich Mean Time. Now, he didn't tell me that, but that's what's, that's what's written in the photo. What happens is, is I'm just thinking this is the greatest thing. And I'm, and I'm actually not looking right at him because I'm looking around hoping somebody is around that I, that I can turn and say, can you see this? As soon as I thought that, Abba says to me, Gary, nobody else can see this vision but you this was so exciting to me i didn't want to believe him so behind me i hear the sound of motorcycles and when i say motorcycles dylan out in the desert a lot of kids ride atvs they ride those dirt bikes and all terrain vehicles yeah okay and i hear this right and i know some kids are driving their motorcycles around all of a sudden, I look look behind me. I hear a motorcycle pull up, and there's a kid off to the bank of this of this of this river. And he goes, "Hey, Mister, what are you doing in that water?" And like I said, the main guy, Abba, says to me, "You he, he can't see you." And all of a sudden, I turn to the kid and I go, "Hey, can you see that out there?" Like I'm like calling Abba a liar. Okay, so all of a sudden, the kid goes, "See what? I can't see anything." He he goes, "Listen, Mister, that water's really dirty. You know, you shouldn't be in there." And I said. Dude, thanks a lot. 
I'm, I'm doing some religious thing. No big deal. So he takes, I said, thanks though, man. So he takes off. I turn back to Abba and to Uriel, the, the angel. And I swear to God, I swear, I swear to God, I swear to God, they both roll their eyes at me like, what an idiot. Yeah. So I, so in my head, I'm thinking, all right, I'm a jerk, but it's so funny that these supposed divine beings are rolling their eyes at me like, oh, my God, can't these humans evolve any more than this? Pay attention. So he actually said to me, Gary, you got to pay attention. Like, because I, I have a little bit of uh, adult ADD. And even with him, it was so interesting. But Dylan, I wanted so bad for somebody to see it. Yeah. So it would make my job easier and I wouldn't keep get, get, getting kicked out of all these meetings. Do you know what I mean? Definitely. So you're feeling me though. You understand what I'm saying. I said to him, I said, are you going, I could turn to Abba and I said, are you going to come down in a ship? Now you got to remember if you know anything about Jewish eschatology, which is prophecy and stuff and about the end of days. Well, there's a thing called the third temple, the temple mount. Well, you got to remember David's son Solomon built the first temple. It got knocked down by the Babylonians. The second temple was built, and then after Christ got crucified, the Romans knocked down the second temple. Then every time you, you see any picture of the West Wall in Israel, you see all the Jews and the rabbis davening at the wall, uh, and they pray three times a day saying, let the Messiah come and let the third temple be built. Okay, so they're all waiting for the third temple to be built. So what happens is Abba tells me, because I said to him, are you going to wait for the third temple to be built? He said, no, I will arrive in the third temple now, which actually says to me a spacecraft. So what happens is, is if you're familiar with this a lot, all the Jews are raising money in Israel to build the third temple. And Abba's telling me they don't need to because I'm going to come down in the third temple. So what happens is I asked him, I said, well, what will the temple look like? And he gives me this vision in my head and I see what the vision is. And naturally I go back to movies because that's who I am. I love the movies. And that vision that he showed me, did you ever see a movie, The Day the Earth Stood Still with Keanu Reeves? Yes. Okay. Do you remember when that craft that he was in, it, it was kind of like a multidimensional spinning globe with, it looked kind of like with clouds and, 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 it, and it landed in Central Park. Do you remember that? Yep. That's what it's going to look like. Wow. Yes. So I have that vision in my head and I go, then he starts telling me more things. And because and, I said to him, I said, all this has started with the Great Pyramid. I said, what, what does the Great Pyramid have to do? How can I show people that, that it is the Great Pyramid and, and how can you help me? And he told me, he said, Gary, there are thousands of Great Pyramids on thousands of planets that we manage. They manage these and, and, and each planet is in different stages of evolution. So there are humans and there are all different kinds of beings that, that these people's DNA started. They, they're the ones who started us and they come and like management, they drive around every two or fly around two or 5,000 years and they stop off and they see how the planet is evolving. But they sit now, now this is wild, Dylan, even though this is all wild, what happens is he shows me how I can show people how the great pyramid is a machine. It has never turned off and how you can actually see it working. Because we're talking about this higher being that's an alien, I want to know what's your thoughts on people who claim to have alien abduction experiences. No, I, I really believe all of the things that people say about contact. I, I really believe it. I think there's so, that, that that they have been here. I think that our world is just not 
it's not three dimensional. It's actually a multiverse. It's a multidimensional. It's a it's there's a thing called string theory, which they're trying to prove that there's eleven dimensions in our world, and um, and I totally believe that. And if you look at the NASA photo, you will see that there are. 10 dimensions. I found 10. And when I say dimensions, every time you tilt the screen back, you see more and more. And and what you'll see an image of a person and then that person will turn into either writing or, or another person, like a man will turn into a woman. So back to your question. I totally believe everything about the aliens and that they visited here and this kind of thing, uh, the gray aliens and, uh, and all these other kinds of aliens. But, um, but this alien here that I met is the main guy. Mm. He's the guy that runs the whole deal. He and his people are the ones who started mankind. We're not the only species in the universes. You know, there's there's so many. And, but he, this is the guy, when you think of Abraham or you think of Moses or you think of uh, – uh, you think of David. You think of these guys. This is the God of, of Abraham. This is the God. This is the guy who gave the tablets up on the Mount Sinai. Uh, you know, this is the guy that got the people out of Egypt. This is the guy that started, did the flood. And and also, when you think about Jesus, and they say, well, he walked across water. Well, yeah, well, yeah. You know, a human couldn't do it, but that guy was not human. <laughs> you know what I mean? He looked human. But he was not human. So because I've had many people say, well, Gary, since you found all this stuff, is Jesus in this? Well, sure he is. He's in here. He's part of it. He's part of the deal. He's not the main deal. He's part because I actually asked Abba when I was out at the river. I said, hey, is Jesus God? I said, and is he your son? And he said, Gary, he's my son. He said, but he's not a God. You know, and he and, and he's actually in the photo in four different places. And um, and it's amazing. And it's all written out in Hebrew. Uh, if I can get some scholar to really take a look at it and really help me translate it. Yeah, I think it's interesting when you talk about the string theory and all these other sort of dimensions. And I think that's what people need to almost wrap their head around is that these beings are more so interdimensional rather than, you know, coming from space. I think that's something that's a really interesting theory and it actually does make more sense. I think people can, after you can't explain it to them like that, they can sort of get into it a little bit more yes there's a movie called interstellar yes with uh with mcconaughey um matthew mcconaughey and in the movie it's fifth dimensional beings that can't come into our world but they can uh but they actually open up a wormhole so mankind can go in there that's these beings these beings they are fifth dimensional beings but but they can come into our uh, dimension, but they don't look real. They look like a projected image. Now, like I said, though, everything I'm telling you and all these people and all these beings I'm telling you about are in the photo. And if I was sitting beside you, you would see them and you'd say, oh my God, Gary, this is amazing. What they're doing is, is they don't want people to freak out. They don't want people jumping off of buildings or killing themselves for any reason when they show up, because it's going to be really, really scary. And, you know, there's all these things written the end of days when nothing bad. God, th this being Abba, wants us here. He, yes, there's bad people and good people, but th these beings aren't going to come out of the sky and then take over Earth, and we have to bow down to them every day. That's not going to work. What's going to happen is it's going to be more like Superman. He's going to come over. He's going to go on the Temple Mount. He's going to give all the information. All the alien, be alien beings are going to give information to, to, to Israel. Then Israel is going to let it 
trickle down to the rest of the planet. That's the plan. That's what they're going to do. But that is, the, the, there's a guy, his name was Enoch. What happened was it was called the Book of Enoch, or some people pronounce it Enoch. And, and what it was, was he was a guy who supposedly went up to heaven. He saw heaven. And he came back to Earth and he wrote a book and he told his kids all about it. And he wrote a st- uh, and they wrote a book called the Book of Enoch, which never made it into the canon of the Bible. OK, so because it was too far fetched. Well, what happens when I found all this stuff on the NASA photo and um, everywhere else? And when I met with Abba, he told me, read the Book of Enoch. So I did. I came back. I looked at the book of Enoch. And then Enoch said that he, when he was up in heaven, he he saw 10 heavens. It wasn't 10 heavens, Dylan. It was 10 dimensions. Yeah. And in each time, and where he told, where he describes where, where hell was, where the Garden of Eden was, where heaven was, it's all in NASA photo exactly where he said. Exactly. And uh, because I, I, I said to Abba when I was out there, I said, hey, I said, what's up with this rapture? Are you, is this really going to happen? He said, no, that's not going to happen. He said, we're going to come. He said, no one's going to fly up to meet us because I know there's this thing where people fly up to heaven. I laugh because the bad thing is this. In the area that I live in, I have a lot of Mormon friends who I play basketball with. When I first found this stuff, I showed it to them. Not to them. I showed it to two guys. Because I couldn't, I couldn't figure it out. I didn't know what I was looking at. When they saw it, they said, "Gary, you're showing us the Garden of Eden." I said, "Really?" And they said, "Yeah, there's the there's the Tree of Life, and it actually had a woman's left profile on the trunk of the Tree of Life. And here's this the serpent, and here's the flaming sword." And I said, "Well, guys, this is amazing." And they said, "We can never look at this again because it goes against our beliefs." And so, you know, which is bad. So, yeah. So the whole time. I, I'm ruining people's beliefs. So I said, well, guys, you know, if I said to him, I said, if anybody was going to like a God or an alien wanted to put a message to human beings, what better place than a NASA photo? Because nobody usually can refute NASA and nobody can hack into their website. So what better place to put a message? Okay, so anyway, back to the pyramid and I'll tell you how that everybody can see that the Great Pyramid is a machine and it works. Okay. okay. Here's what it is. Remember, Abba showed me this. I went back to the computer. I figured it all out after he showed me how to do it. So what happens is, is that in 2002, there was a National Geographic's video. It was called Into the Great Pyramid. And what they did was there was a guy who ran the uh, antiquities department. His name was Zahi Hawass. He ran the whole deal for a lot of years. And what they did was Zahi had Hawass a few years before 2002. Tourists go into the Great Pyramid. It's really hot and humid. So what they wanted to do is they wanted to try to find a way to put a ducking system in the Great Pyramid so they could put some air conditioning in there because yeah, right. it's really, really hot. Have you ever been to the Great Pyramid? No, Tom? I haven't. It's Neither have I. No, definitely on the list of things to do, though. Yeah, the bucket list thing. You got to, I got to get there. Zahi Hawass, he hires a guy by the name of Rudolf Gattenbrinks, and he's a German engineer to figure out how to put some ducking in there and to get some some air conditioning into the Great Pyramid. When they're there, they find out that there's they're in the Great Pyramid. There's the King's Chamber and the Queen's Chamber. The King King's Chamber is up above. Queen's Chamber is down below. Well, there's two shafts: a northern shaft and a southern shaft. When I say shaft, it's eight by eight, and it goes up. But but there's a block there. And what happens is because uh, in the king's chamber, they have two shafts, but they go out and you can actually like look up at them and they go out to the stars. Okay. But the queen's chamber, 
both of the shafts are blocked. So what this Gattenbrink's guy does is he designs a robot with a, with a camera on the end of it, sends it up the shaft with a light on it, and it hits this block. And the block, it's a limestone block at around 220 feet up. And what happens is on the block that's – and like, remember too, like I told you, it's eight inches by eight inches, so it's not real big. So the block has two copper hoops on top of it. Here's the problem. When they see that it's a copper hoop, they, that's, they, they say that's impossible because copper had not been invented or discovered by humans till 1,500 years after the Great Pyramids had been built. Right. So they said this is impossible. After they found it, they send sonar up the shaft to find out how thick that block is that has the copper fittings on it. Well, they find out from sonar that the, the, that the limestone block is only four inches thick. So that naturally, they want to they find out what's on the other side of this block. Okay. And now, that was 1997. Cut to 2002. Zahi Awas, he fires Gattenbrinks. I don't know why, but he fired him. Zahi Awas gets together with National Geographics and uh, the lady and, and, and uh, with the BBC, and they hire this um, a bunch of archaeologists and a bunch of other big egghead type guys who are real smart. And they set up a whole to do in the, on the, in the Queen's Chamber, and they, um, they have computers and everything, and there's a bunch of people in there. And they make a small robot, and they put a drill with a camera and a light at the end of it. So they're going to drill this hole through the four-inch block to see what's on the other side. So they send the photo up, and I think the lady's name who was the host of the show, her name was Lauren Green. She's very attractive. She hosts a bunch of BBC shows. So they send the, the robot up the shaft, 220 feet. It drills a hole into this limestone, four-inch limestone block. They back that out. They Then then they put on the robot, they put a um, fiber optic camera. They send the robot back up. It puts the fiber, which has a, which has a light on it, the fiber optic camera through the hole, and then it, and it shines uh, on, it shines and lights up the whole area. When I say the whole area, seven inches away from the four-inch block is another white block. Seven inches away, they find another white block. Now, the host of the show says to Zahi Awas, and they're watching it at this time, and everybody's applauding because there's another white block. But on the white block, you see there's things that look like black, like a black crack. Like, like it just, they look like cracks. Now, you got to remember, no one has seen behind this block for 6,000 years, yeah. supposedly, when the pyramids were built. All of a sudden, this, this host, Lauren Green, she looks at um, Zahi Was and she says, Zahi, what are those black marks on the back wall? Well, he says, oh, those are just cracks. And as soon as I heard that, I thought, how the hell would he know they were cracks? <laughs> it's, it's, it, no one has seen that for 6,000 years. And, and that, naturally, the whole time, the, cameras t- the, the, the camera is taking uh, – the fiber optic camera is taking pictures of all the things that are in that space, that seven-inch seven inch space – between the blocks, correct? So what happens is, is she says again, she goes, well, Zahi, are you sure? And he gets angry and he goes, yeah, those are just blocks. You can turn the camera off now. Those things were not cracks, Dylan. What happens is, is I, I download the, now this was in 2002. This was in 2015 because Abba, when I was down at the river, told me, go look at that video from National Geographics. So I did. So as I'm looking at it, I, I freeze the picture. I zoom in on what the fiber optic camera was looking at. I tilted my, my laptop computer back. All of a sudden, I see 
there's a binary code and it's all zeros. Those cracks are actually, it's some kind of alien technology and the zeros are coming out of the things that look like cracks. They almost look like little spiders and zeros are coming out of them and they're forming a picture, okay? So it's amazing. So, and also when Zahi Awas and the host, before they had drilled through the hole, you could see down below the block, the four inch block, you could see thing, it almost looked like dust. It looks like dust. And the, the host said, what is that there in the corner there? It looks like dust. And Zahia Wah says, that's dust. It's just dust. When you zoom into it, it's not dust. Those are actually characters that were made. They look like computer characters. They're red. They're kind of blue. They're kind of white. Now, get ready for this, Dylan. So what happens is, is when I zoomed in on them, I said, that's not dust. Those are th those are some kind of computer, like alien computer character images. So what it is is this. The Great Pyramid is a machine and it detects technology. What it did was when they put that fiber optic camera through that hole, it sent a binary code to that camera so it could take a picture of something that they were that the aliens were drawing. OK, or, or actually making a picture that they were forming for us. OK, so the Great Pyramid can detect technology, but only in certain areas. And it can only come through limestone. It does not come through uh, the granite, only limestone. And so the Great Pyramid, it, it all works on vibration and it works off of solar. And what it does is it is a library. Every one of its blocks inside the Great Pyramid that is a limestone it is like a library. It, it has all the information since the beginning of mankind, all of it, including these beings who came here. So if we sent a fiber optic camera back through that hole and we turned down the light on that camera, it would the, the pyramid would show us almost like a movie photos of everything that has happened to, to mankind since the beginning. Wow. I know it's wild, isn't it? Now, I'm not the first person to come up with that theory about – uh, that the Great Pyramid is is a library that it's that it's lime that it's uh, limestone blocks contain information. A guy back in the early 1900s came up with that, and he was right, but he couldn't prove it. Now, the way I proved it, or the way I can prove it, is two ways. First of all, we get a small robot, put it back up there, put the camera through there, and turn down the light because it was too bright the first time because you couldn't see it unless you download it onto an onto a laptop and you tilt it so it's not as bright. But if you're looking at it straight on, it's too bright. So if you turn down the light on the fiber optic camera, it will show, like I said, a great pyramid will make images showing how who we are where we came from and who created us in the photos that you have downloaded and my drawing can you can you go down uh, if you scroll down can you see a, a a drawing that i made of three people sitting on a crystal throne can you see that yeah i've got that here okay well just above that can you see there's a number 20 above that yes above where there okay now go to the picture just above that okay. can you see the number 20 yep i've got that there okay what that is now, it, it looks, I think it was purposely distorted. Now, you got to remember when these photos were taken, it was 2002. That photo that you're looking at that has a one, a 20, and a hundred. Can you see that? Yep. That photo was taken by the fiber optic camera in behind the block in that little space. Okay. What that is, the expert, Zahi Wasit, had hired some guy, and they said their professional opinion was that. That those are pictures of that one, that 20 and 100 are marks showing the distance from the queen's chamber to the end of the shaft. That's what they said it was. That's not what it is. 
What that is, under that number 20, it's a man, a woman, and a child. And they are sitting on a crystal throne, and they're flying over a crystal uh, – it's actually Egypt back in ancient times. And, and everything is crystal. It's the Great Pyramid. It's everything. But as you can see in my drawing, the man is tall. He's around eight feet tall, and his son is sitting on his shoulder, on his right shoulder. The man – is um, wearing a big, almost like a, it's called a miter hat, but it's a pope hat and has a big crystal on the front. If you look at my drawing, if you take your time and you take that photo that was taken in the National Geographic, the one that's just above my drawing, and you shrink it down, you make it bigger, you use a magnifying glass, you tilt this, you tilt your laptop computer a little bit, you will see three people, a man, a woman, and a little boy sitting on the man's shoulder. They're sitting in a crystal throne and they actually it's surrounded by light. Uh, and, and what it is, is behind the man, you will see a Dejed pillar. And those three people, as a matter of fact, they're black people. They're black. The woman is gorgeous. And she actually has her hand reaching out to us, her right hand reaching out to us. And um, they are Ptah, Sekhmet, and Nefertem. Now, they are, now uh, Ptah and Sekhmet were the creator gods of Egypt. And, and uh, they were not made up. They're real people. And that's them. Uh, they're sitting in the crystal throne, flying over the Great Pyramid. Everything now, if and that picture comes from the fiber optic camera from the National Geographic's shoot behind the first block. That's what it is. Now you might say, "Well, Gary, how did you figure this out?" Well, I had help because Abba told me that that was Ptah, Sekhmet, and Nefertem. Okay. Now, are they creator gods? No, but they're the people that ran the project to build the Great Pyramid with thousands of other beings from other planets. Okay, so that was going to be one of my questions. So <laughs> yeah, who, definitely. Who, of course, built this pyramid? Yes. Now, uh, he ran it. Uh, Ptah, as a matter of fact, Ptah was the main guy. He was the engineer. He was the main guy that ran the whole deal. There were six other alien civilizations that worked with him. And actually, each one of them had put their face and their hand mark and in writing on the Great Pyramid. I could actually show it to you. Wow. But um, – it's all in the NASA photo. You can see it all. Don't you wish you were sitting beside me and I could show it to you? Yeah, I really do. Hey, I, I know, think we all do. That, yeah, because this is all so unbelievable. You should believe it. Do you think it's coincidence that all of this has happened to you? Or do you think that you're the person who can kind of relay this message in such a way? As you said, you know, you you take it seriously, but you can kind of have a little bit of fun with it as well. You know, it's not so. Absolutely. Actually, I'm too wacky. Not for you can't take it too serious. Yeah, they're aliens. Yeah, they they created us from you know they 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 put um, just know this everything I'm telling you is in the NASA photo. They put human souls or souls into apes. That's how that's how mankind uh, mankind didn't just evolve by themselves. An ape can't turn into a modern day human without a soul, without a human soul. There there is one thing that connects me to all of this. Mm -hmm. Okay. And like I said, no paranormal thing ever happened to me ever, uh, Dylan, ever. But 10 minutes before I was born, okay, my mother has, has told me this story ever since I was like four or five years old where I could remember it. And every year I was – every year of my birthday, she always reminds me of this. She says – and she's in her 80s. On the day that 10 minutes before you were born, I passed out. I was in a room. I was all by myself. And it was completely dark. And I was, and even though I was had passed out on the table, I was wide awake. And I heard a man's voice coming from a tunnel. And she said it was terrifying. And it said, where did you come from? Where did you really come from? 
And she said, he said it to me three times and I woke up and I was terrified. And the doctors, I asked the doctors in the room, I said, did anybody say that? And they all said, no. And, uh, and she said, Gary, I was, it really, it bugged me for a long, long time, but it was something that I had to tell you for some reason. Okay. When I had that dream after the, um, Dr. Warden from NASA cut me off uh, and I had that dream that night, the voice in the dream said, go to the river, say these words, father, 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 holy, holy, holy. Where did you come from? Where did you really come from? Now, as soon as I heard that, Dylan, I said, oh, my God, that's my connection. So so did I have a connection? That's the only one. That's the only one. But it it gave me goosebumps. I thought, oh, my God, this must be for real. Maybe something's really going to happen to Earth and I can and I can help. You know what I mean? So so that was kind of my connection. Now, in the meantime, since I've been examining the photo. And all that kind of stuff and all that, you know, I've I've been looking at it for the last a little over two years. I am in the photo three different places, but not only me, but four or five of people who have been the closest people to me in my life are in this photo, too. So and I emailed them and they I said, you're in this photo. Now, when I say people. These are ex, a couple or ex-girlfriends who want to have nothing to do with me. Right. Okay. so so I said to them, I said, I said, listen. Because Dylan, I didn't tell you this either, but I've met with the FBI, I've met, I've met with um, the NSA, I've met with, I've, I've emailed back and forth with the CIA. They're aware of it, but they don't believe it. So I said to them, in a year or so, you're going to probably get a letter or a call from the FBI, and they'll want you to get together with me because I think we all have to go to Egypt and say certain words out by the Great Pyramid, so they show up again. Wow. So, so. So yes, so is there a connection that where did you come from? Where did you really come from? Which gave me even gives me chills now. That was my connection. So what's your view on religion currently? Why do we have so many different belief systems and what's kind of and you've kind of said what you believe is uh like the Hebrew kind of way seems to be yes, the way right. that's kind of going but right. where how does I don't know, it's just it's really fascinating because I think that we all kind of know someone had to be right. Everyone sort of takes bits and pieces of what they like. And, you know, there's people who don't believe anything, of course. But where do you think, what kind of happened where everyone went in these sort of separate ways? Because as we know, religion is quite a big, um, it separates us quite a lot. Where do you think along the path, why did everyone segregate themselves and start believing these different things? First of all, let me say this. Mm. The message that I get from Abba, and from this, everybody doesn't have to become Jewish. You don't have to start reading the Torah and davening. You know what davening is? By you know, you tilt, they tilt, and they they rock back and forth to the wall. You don't have to. Do uh, ah, yeah, yeah. You don't have to do any of that. Okay. Here's the thing, and this is the, the, the this is the main thing: the golden rule. Treat people the way you want to be treated. It's that simple. Yeah. It's that simple. Don't murder anybody. Don't molest children. Don't beat up women. It's the golden rule. That everything else is commentary. The whole Bible and everything is commentary. That's all it is. The golden rule, treat people the way you want to be treated and you're going to be fine. Abba and these beings are all about the human soul. They're always trying to perfect the human soul because the human soul is what generates power for their craft that's going to be landing. That's how they, right. they, they, they can that, – this is how they can move at the speed of light. It's billions and billions of human souls and alien souls that the planets they have, that is how 
they travel. And that's that's their energy source. So the thing is, is and the main thing is, is the golden rule. Treat people the way you want to be treated. Now, every all the other stuff about the religions, in, in my in my opinion, the reason why there were other religions is power. Everybody wants power. There's always greedy men and greedy women, well, mostly men, uh, that want to control people so they can have power. So they'll tweak something or they'll tell. And as soon as they can, they can convince you that they're right, uh, then they have you. You'll put money in. You know, it's even like this. I, when I talked to Abba, I said to him, I, by standing in the water and being connected to earth, what, I don't know if you ever heard this expression, but water is the conduit between planes, okay? He said to me, he said, Gary, I never built a temple. I never built a church. I never built a mosque. You know, nature is my temple. Mm. So I said to all these religious people that I've met, I said, why don't you try this? Instead of standing, standing in your shoes and socks in a building that has all the windows and doors closed – why don't you come down to the river, stand in the water, connect it to earth and see if you can. Because I said, I said, because that's the way to connect, because God's temple, in my opinion, is nature. The, the people who don't believe that are the landlords who own those buildings and are collecting rent. Of course, so, yeah. so, you know what I mean? So so I begged all of these religious people to come down. I begged every one of them. I said, come down and just try it. Maybe it worked. They said, no, we, we're not taught that. I said, do you know how what Einstein said insanity was? I said, it was doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. I said, when you do, I said, how many years have you been praying the exact same way and nothing's ever happened? Mm. I said, how many years can you wear your shoes and socks, put your head to a wall, kneel in a church and whisper your prayers? God can't hear you. Well, they got really pissed off when I said that. And they said, well, that's not what we believe. I said, well, look, you've done the same thing for 2,000 years and you're doing the same thing now. Just come down to the river and try it. No, we're not going to do it. None of them would come to the river with me. Wow. There you go. Yeah, just stuck in their ways. Yeah, of course. Well, the thing is, is most people think, yeah, and when you whisper, as you know, I'm very loud. So, (laughs) as you can tell. So, when I'm out the river and I yell up loud, I'm figuring somebody's going to hear me. You know? Yeah. (laughs) I'm not going to whisper any longer. What's an afterlife then? Because obviously, all these sort of religions have this, they have some sort of concept of an afterlife. So, what does that mean to you now? Well, just know this it's everything I'm going to tell you is in the NASA photo. What happens is there's oh judgment day. That's not going to happen. When you die, it's all in this photo, all in the photo. When you die, there is a tunnel. It's white. You go into the tunnel and then if, if you're there's there's actually three places on the photo where the where the tunnel forms and you actually are on a path. OK, on the path, though, in these three different places on the path. You can on one path, you can actually go through the tree of life and you end up at God who judges you, which takes a long, long time because there's a lot. There's billions of people in front of you. Okay, so wear comfortable shoes. So (laughs) on the other two areas, it's almost like a filtering area. Uh, One is way down below in the photo and it's actually souls that are being filtered. They're not good enough to go through the tree of life. Then the third one is hell. It's terrifying. It's 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 terrifying. Let me just say this. There's billions and billions of people and they're all on top of each other. They are on fire and half are in water, half are on fire. So 
That's all in the photo. And, and just know this too, that all the people in the photo have names and they're all written in Hebrew. And there's tens of millions of names written. And because uh, I actually showed it to some of the rabbis. When I asked Abba down at the river, he said, Gary, that's bringing the dead back to life. I said, so you're not going to bring the dead like actually literally back to life. He said, I can't because I've already sent their souls to other planets. So back to the afterlife, to your question. So what happens is, is your soul may not come back here to earth. It's going to hang out in the, in the, think of it like this, that they are flying around in a soul factory. Okay. And they use these souls to help humans evolve more and more. And our planet has evolved so far, but further on in the galaxies, they have other planets that have more evolved souls. So he, then Abba and his, and these beings will put some of those souls into uh, our people, you know, so, so we evolve reincarnation, hundred mm-hmm. percent, but you may not come back as a human. You may come back as some other type of human on another planet, or you may go, go into an ape where they're evolving on another planet. So yes, reincarnation, hundred percent. Uh, but there are some souls that are so evil and so bad that, cause I actually said to him, I said, in the photo, you can see that some of the, some of the souls from hell are filtered through. Uh, and I don't want to tell you everything because it's so much anyway. Uh, but you can see that there's, that some of the souls do get filtered through out of hell and they come back up into the garden of Eden or up through the, the tree of life. But not many, like very few. Okay. So, uh, so yeah. So yes, reincarnation, hundred percent, is totally true. Yeah, it makes sense. Definitely, the way you explained it, that's that's almost how I kind of have uh, come to terms with it. Anyway, like that, because I've I've had this idea for a while now that a high being is some sort of you know extraterrestrial, you know, because that to me that makes the most amount of sense. It makes you know, total sense. It total does, sense. you know, rather than well, certainly. You can't think that because I've had I've actually talked with um, some scholars over in uh, at Harvard and over at Yale. And they, you know, I call them and because they said, well, Gary, we want to talk to you about this. So I talked to them and they said, well, Gary, we believe that God is a spirit. And I said, absolutely. I said, maybe God is a spirit. I said, but the person who created you has a arms, a chest, a head, it's really big, and he has feet and a legs. I said, so yes, he, and, and I actually asked Abba, I said, Abba, I see that, and I said to him, I said, you have an arm, a chest, a hand, just like us, who created you? Because he's, he's, a, he's a biological being. He, he had to have come from a cell. And he said to me, we don't know. Not I don't know. We don't know. Right. So in the photo, it's just not him with the big head. There's actually other ones of him above there. And they do not. It's actually above on the picture. I can show it to you. But but they do not live forever. They, they are not infinite. They live for millions and millions of years, but they're not infinite. Because they, they, there's actually dead ones. There's skulls of dead ones that I could show you in the photo. It's, it all goes back to the NASA photo. Honestly, Gary, like, this has been great. I really do appreciate you taking the time. Yes, sir. Thank you, man. It was fun. If you made it this far, thank you for listening. I'll catch you in another podcast soon. The biggest names in tennis are coming to Paris for the most anticipated Roland Garros in years. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. 
Experience three weeks of unparalleled tournament access as the world's top players in tennis face off against each other. Will the veteran champions continue their dominance, or will a fresh face emerge to challenge their legacy on the clay courts? Daily live coverage of this epic showdown begins Monday, May 20th. Don't miss a matchup. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. 